Father God, we come before you today mm, yes, because Lord. a brother of ours is ill. Yes. Lord, we, we received word that Mitch McConnell is sick. Mm. And God, we call upon your blessed and holy name to yes, bring Lord. healing, God, healing into the life of Mitch McConnell. Mm -hmm. God, we know that this disease has ravaged his body. And we pray that you would work as only you can to cure mm -hmm. Mitch McConnell yes. of himself mm -hmm. and everything he believes and stands for. Yes. God, change everything about this motherfucker. Yes, Lord, please. And if not that, then let America be healed of him. And all God's people said, Amen. Welcome to this week's episode of Shitty Christians. I am your host, Michael Tabor. I'm Zachary Allard. And we have just received word from the most reliable news source, <laughs> a few blue checks on Twitter. <laughs> the only the only people we can trust in America anymore. Uh, that Mitch McConnell might have contracted corona. Oh man. I mean, listen, we know nothing nothing is going to come of this because that would be something good happening in 2020, <laughs> and we all know that's not possible. Uh, but you know, a man can dream. It it would go a long way towards writing some of 2020's wrongs. I'll tell you that. It wouldn't hurt. It would be a nice start. Not unlike not unlike these terrible stimulus bills. Like it's not going to make up for all this awfulness, mm -hmm. but it, it wouldn't be the worst thing. But you know, uh, whether or not Mitch McConnell actually has corona is, is a little immaterial to the fact that like all of the white house does i that that is still the funniest thing to it's me it's so good they're all have they're all forced to wear masks but trump and pence trump and pence just just trying to big dick it they're just peacocking the shit out of this situation it's so funny and it what's hilarious it. is it's clearly not working i love that like this this is their moment where they're like i'm gonna stand up for my right to get fucking sick like i just i think the whole movement and, like, rights is the weirdest thing. It's like this was never about, like, in California, we have all these lockdowns. And at no point have the cops been enforcing them. Like, there's no, like, like, you can't go to jail because mm -hmm. of this. You just can't go to fucking the beach. Like, there's this, and, and, and so, like, the continued, like, need to be petulant about well, yeah. it is, is, like, it is the, like, most American thing of, like, I will be an asshole. It's my right. It's like, no one said it wasn't your right. You're just a dick. Yeah, you're, you're just a fucking douchebag. Like, uh, you're a loser if you think this is what rights look like. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, embarrassing. This and the Second Amendment. If you care about either of those things, you're an idiot. <laughs> I mean, that is not, not the shitty Christian's position. Yeah, I just, 
you know, Rand Paul, early, early adopter of Corona. Uh, <laughs> Jim Bro extraordinary. He got it before it was cool. He got it early and then spread it everywhere because he was just busy working out after he'd been tested, before he got his results. Also, Rand Paul, why are you working out, man? You're already so buff. Oh, yeah. Like, like you're so swole. What are you He's doing? He's just trying to keep uh, keep up with Paul Ryan's uh, gym routine. <laughs> you know, they trade tips. It's a friendly competition. Uh, Stephen Miller's wife contracted it uh, um, <laughs> yeah yeah she, she, she contracted like, Stephen miller yeah, just to just to be clear she works for like the department of department of homeland security like she is in her uh, in and of herself a monster like we're not just shitting on partners here. i mean if you marry steve miller you're definitely a monster regardless yeah, but that's i know true. what you mean and a literal but, but but hey this is this is 2020 women can be monsters on their own now <laughs> Women can be monsters. Nazis have invaded the White House. All of the 80s movies lied to us. They were all like, oh, it would be so bad. Like, we're, just, we're just living in Man in the High Castle at this point. <laughs> uh, the High Castle is the White House. Exactly. This is what now, I'm that's saying. a lib tweet from 2017, <laughs> if I've ever seen one. So, Michael, other than hopefully one day inappropriately dancing on Mitch McConnell's grave a in a satirical way, what... Are we talking about this week? So we're going to be diving into an issue that's been heavy on our hearts this past week, which mm-hmm. is uh, police violence, maybe even more specifically the Christian relationship with the police and, and how Christians respond uh, to these issues. Uh, but before that, mm-hmm. we have, I think, what is maybe the thesis of this podcast, <laughs> which is the examination of the fail son. Look, I cannot have you calling Jesus the fail son. We are very unorthodox. We flirt Listen, a lot with blasphemy. But Michael, thats I'm sorry, that's too far. I just like the deities that don't get crucified. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be talking about Cameron Strang. Oh, what a name. Cam- yeah. Cameron Strang. Uh. There are no good Camerons. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very clear on this. Yeah, if your Cameron, name is Cameron Crow at the forefront of the bad Camerons. Yeah. <laughs> no, Cameron Strang is the son of Stephen Strang. Okay. Stephen Strang founded a little magazine called Charisma, <laughs> which I had never heard of because we grew up in the like non-charismatic yeah. section of evangelical it has culture. Some f- but it's huge. It has some fun headlines too. Oh yeah, you did a little research. Tell me about tell me about Charisma Magazine. Charisma Magazine's a charismatic magazine. I think we will be hearing more from them in future yeah, episodes. I'm excited to dive in. I love finding a new research a resource. I I love finding new things to hate. <laughs> but some of the headlines just from the day, why we need to rally behind Jim Baker right now. Oh and save my his God. show. That's a 2020 headline. It's a 2020. It's a uh, major Jim Baker for for our uh, more pure members of the audience who have not experienced him. One of the original like massive televangelists. Mm-hmm. I I honestly can't even keep keep up with all of his crimes. I think he was sleeping with his secretary. He was hugely financially fraudulent. It was one of the first big televangelists to go down hard in the public sphere. That's right. Has since reinvented himself as like a religious prepper mm-hmm. who sells a lot of like hey, you need to prep for the coming uh, spiritual apocalypse and that's why you need to buy my protein powder. Like, <laughs> the man is just an out-and-out. Like, he is an Alex Jones type at yes. this point. So but that's the to, guy that we need to rally behind. We need to rally behind him. Other headline that uh, caught my eye today, End Times Novelists believes churches miss blessing for not teaching Revelation. <laughs> <laughs> End Times novelist believes more people should read his shitty books <laughs> <laughs> or miss out on their spiritual blessing. 
Uh, the first thing he mentions about this novelist, and then we can move on, is he's a former Navy corpsman. Ugh. Just have to have to get that in there. Uh, I I love that that is the first line. That kind of shorthand when I'm in conservative Christian circles is how I is what you do to get in good. Like, oh yeah. Oh, my parents were in the military. Uh, Zach is saluting right now. <laughs> a jet just flew by our window. <laughs> I own a bald eagle as a pet just so I can get one over on MAGA it's a people. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Gerald and I have our differences. <laughs> but like he's dope at catching fish. Whatever. Fuck you. Uh so Stephen Strang founded his own magazine when he was but a wee twenty-four year old. We all you all remember that, folks, don't you? When you were when you founded a magazine at twenty-four with daddy's yeah, money. Yeah, exactly. You remember that. Uh <laughs> The family business. Uh, so this magazine is called Relevant, <laughs> which I got to say, is a little bit try hard. <laughs> and it bills itself as sort of like the cool Christian pop culture magazine. Like, Yeah, I, I've, I've trawled Relevant for like things to the pod here and there. I think we've brought them up once or twice. Uh, so yeah, Relevant has been going for like a while now. They still in 2020 have a circulation of like 70,000 for a print magazine. Yeah, and I think they get like seven figures, low seven figures, but for online traffic. Like they're pretty big. Their monthly podcast has almost 700,000 downloads, yeah, which so means they're like a little behind us. But Cameron got himself in a little bit of hot water. Okay. Uh, as you... I'm sure would never expect from a gentleman <laughs> whose father is touting Jim Baker in 2020. Uh, and, you know, usually people who have enough money to start a media platform when they're 24 are super humble and chill. Oh, yeah. They, they no problematic elements. Mark uh, Zuckerberg, cool guy. I read the best uh, review of Relevant from Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia with the sick burns, which said, according to Wikipedia, one critic called it the mass media equivalent of an outreach at the skate park. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely, it definitely, and I've used this before, but it, it Christians love a warped tour aesthetic. Oh yeah, they're all about it. They and really are not sure what has happened since roughly 2003. Well, I think what's interesting about Relevant specifically mm -hmm. is that it has sort of kept up with the digital times. Yeah. Like they're, they're, the people that work for that tend to be very diverse. Mm -hmm. uh, they do a good job of appearing woke. It's a very slick magazine, and it's actually usually pretty boring, which is why we don't bring it up a lot. Yeah. But as it turns out, Cameron had some issues when it comes to race. Several of his employees mm -hmm. came forward publicly after uh, dealing with this shit. One example would be... Uh, Cameron was complaining about the low sales of an issue that featured two of the members of The Roots on the cover. Okay. And he said, maybe our readers don't want to see scary black men on the cover of Relevant. Oh, no. You mean those gentlemen that are Jimmy Fallon's house band? Exactly. Noted, <laughs> noted scary friends of Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Actually, I firmly believe that Jimmy Fallon does have some scary friends. Oh, here's the thing. If you lined up Jimmy Fallon in The Roots, the scary person there is Jimmy, Jimmy fucking, fucking Fallon. Fallon. Like, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Donald Trump head molester. Uh, Don't want to see scary black men. Ooh, uh, not great. Uh, another one, He they were going to put a black Christian rapper on the cover, and he suggested putting him on the cover in a noose. Wait, what? Yeah, he said it would be, uh, you know, a metaphor for how white evangelicals are trying to strangle his voice. 
But that's exactly the kind of thing that we're talking. It's this no, faux wokeness. It's the just, attempt at like, no. oh, I'm trying to like acknowledge this thing, but I'm doing it in like the only way I know how, which is like shitty edginess. Like Ugh, that's it, some like Reddit shit. It, no, Fuck it's, off. It, you know what it is? It's fucking vice. It's oh, vice it to a fucking vice. T. Like this guy is one spiritual experience away from being like, oh, I need to go to South America and talk about donkey fucking. He's one spliff away from going to the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> exactly exactly and he didn't even inhale uh <laughs> and then the final of the things that were brought up that 44 members of relevant magazine signed on to affirming that these things had happened oh and wow had these issues uh he shut down one of his editors planning their black history month coverage mm -hmm. and he was complaining saying that they would need to post seven to eight articles a day to balance out one racial article I don't love the phrase racial, racial article. article. Yeah, that's... A, <laughs> no, you know what a racial article is? It's like Nazi money. Like, that's that's not what you think <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is, buddy. It's, uh, it's paintings. <laughs> <laughs> the name Cameron is a racial article. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, we got there. Uh, okay, so he steps... So this comes out publicly. He does his mea culpa and his shitty uh -huh. fucking white dude haircut. Like, the guy looks like every fucking, like, tech bro that has ever existed. Well, yeah. Like, Oxford button-down. Honestly, not even that. Like, a tech bro that existed, like, five years ago when, like, oh. the Oxford button-down was, like, the with the, the t high and tight haircut yep. was still kind of the uniform. The, the early seasons of Silicon Valley. Exactly. Um and so he stepped away for six months, and they promised mm -hmm. more transparency. They promised there were going to be conversations. Uh -huh. And then, as it turns out, just now, six months later, he just kind of, like, steps back in. Oh, just... They don't really talk about it. He's like, oh, we handled in. it privately. You know, they offered an apology, but they didn't take any real steps. And then he offered this sort of, like, ridiculous excuse about, like, oh, you know, digital media is so intense. Mm -hmm. We're just, we're a speedboat and we're always redlining down and having to pivot so quickly. We're and so I'm really sorry that sometimes I maybe was a racist asshole. Like, I just, you know what? Here's the thing. Bernie has been the public eye through all this scary shit back when it was publicly okay. In the 60s, before segregation was even gone, Bernie was out there being chained to black folks. It's not hard, actually, to be on the right side of things, especially in 2020. You loser. Yeah, it's just, it is absolutely a guy who has profited off the appearance That's of right. caring about these issues. Mm -hmm. But clearly, both by uh, his actual parentage and the class that his parentage comes from, right. would be deeply deeply and it would be very hard for him to actually give a shit i mean by and large rich people are pathologically incapable of properly caring about any of this shit yeah harder for uh than a camel to pass through the eye of a needle um was so, that was that uh was that kanye yeah 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 no that was lecrae <laughs> shout outs to our three listeners who get that reference Hi, who are super hype on that <laughs> reference <laughs> um so anyways that's cameron i think the moral of the story here is just like fail son's gonna fail um, they really, they can't do anything but fail. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Uh, it reminds me of Rand Paul, our other fail son of the episode. <laughs> yes. uh, and, and the final fail son of the episode, America. Aww. <laughs> That's true. America's the original fail son. America is the original fail son. You're bumming sure. me out, dude. Hey, man, uh, I'm just spitting truth over here. If I ever took a loss, I learned a lesson I won't ever think I'm better than the next man I've been down before to come up, I ain't stressing Baby, I'm too busy counting all these blessings Yeah, 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 Canada, Canada, Canada Line them up, line them up, line them up Spread the sun shining on me, get my heart up, no matter that trouble
So let's get into it, shall we? Yeah. Uh, this is going to be... I'd say it's a more serious episode, but actually it's a more serious topic. However, yeah. there is one sh- silver lining, which is that we get to talk about cops. And cops are fucking hilarious. Cops are so ludicrous that they are one of the most like powerful and, like uh, at least in white America, beloved groups in the country... And they get to whine all the time. Yeah. And they 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 take they take this position of great power, cultural presence, and sort of like basically ability you know ability to stand above the law. Mm-hmm. You know, like true detective. Like I'm police. I can I can do violent things to you with impunity. Like, <laughs> and they mostly use it to just whine and wear shitty t-shirts. Oh man, the t-shirts are so the bad. the t-shirts are so bad. Like. You you carry guns and like beat people randomly. You think you'd at least have some swag? Fascists usually have swag. Again, stop standing fascists on our podcast. I'm not standing fascists. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, that's not the thing so, I'm doing. So legitimately angry. No, I mean uh, historically speaking, they've been very good at image because that's all they have. Right. Um, but no, like I think my favorite of all the like Blue Lives Matter swag, yes. all that shit, mm-hmm. and it's been talked about before. Of course, but like. The Punisher shit. Oh, it's... <laughs> a thing that was literally designed to be an indictment of mm-hmm. police violence and yeah. the sort of necessary extremism that, like, violent vendetta style, like, uh, mm-hmm. living, like, represents. Yeah, the, fu- the futility of it. But yeah, the, just proving the point that, like, hey, this will fucking massacre your soul. And they're like, no, dude, that's sick. <laughs> like, it's, it's a skull. Have you seen the skull? Yeah, at least 300 really did believe that ideology. Like, it really was sort of flashlight and how it presented yeah. itself. And, it, and it's just absurd that, like... Once again, empty swag, but swag nonetheless. So we're going to be talking about police violence this week and really just what, what cops are, what they mean, mm-hmm. uh, why the church loves them so much, right. uh, all that stuff. But before we get into like <laughs> the more serious stuff, I just want to start with, like, Zach, what was your experience with police? Sorry. What was your experience with cops growing up? And for that one listener that's like, you guys know that cops a slur, right? Yes. Intended. Wait, is cop a slur? Cop is considered a slur by cops. I had no idea. Yeah, dirty copper, man. Uh, no, no, no. They, they, they like to be called police or you know peace officers because that's law exactly enforcement. Right. Le. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I've heard uh, that one. Uh, fuck. You know, my experience with cops. You yeah. know, I, I grew up all over this country, but definitely sort of lower class, white, poor. So there were slight elements of like, uh, cops can be difficult or whatever. But generally speaking, my it was an assume we didn't even talk about cops that much because it was assumed groundwork that like cops were chill. Yeah. You know, like my my best friend from high school is a cop. Became a cop. Excuse and- me, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> He's he is not sitting right here. <laughs> I would know a fair amount of law enforcement here and there would drift out of church. And and I think more than anything, it was like very cultural. You know, I think there was like a lot of, at least until I became a young adult, there was a lot of like, cops are the good guys. Cops and firefighters, baby. We're going to talk about culture soon, but you know, you watch a lot of cop content. (laughs) Hashtag cop content. No, but I mean, you know, I grew up sort of, you know, particularly after, you know, pre and before 9-11, you know, cops, they were first responders after 9-11. You know, they really were sort of lumped in with the fire departments and the EMTs. It's like service as heroes in blue. And, and that was just like the, that was just like, especially how white Americans saw just police. And that was never really questioned. And it's still kind of like 
how my brain like snaps into like automatic if I'm not intentional about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Just sort of the default. Yeah, if he needs it, call the cops. (laughs) Like calling the cops is not considered a bad thing. Yeah, or a dangerous one. No, in the uh, way that I in the community that we grew up in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So similarly, uh, I will say I feel a little grateful. There are lots of churches that I think really try to invest in their relationship with like law enforcement. Yeah. My church growing up never really did that. There, Mm -hmm. but I I saw churches that would do like you know police support barbecues or whatever, like that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, it was very similar. It was just, yeah, you know, cops, they're, they're like anything else. They're just, they're just the good guys out there serving. And, uh, I will say though, I got a little bit of a preview. Okay. Of what cops really are in my sort of late teenage and early adult years, because this is where things take a turn. Yeah. This, this was (laughs) in, and this is not to draw any sort of parody between the actual horrors that are experienced by millions of people. We are two white dudes. Let's acknowledge that. But it was interesting because in my late high school period, Mm -hmm. there was a moment of panic in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Okay. Where they decided with basically no evidence (laughs) that they had a gang problem. Yeah, you know, I've been to Wake Forest. Yeah, you lived in Wake Forest. Yeah, huge Uh, gang problem. Yeah, so (laughs) I think what happened was a couple bad things happened like once or twice. Mm -hmm. And in response, the city of Wake Forest essentially doubled its police force. There are still a ton of fucking cops in Wake Forest. I have. And what happened, as one could never expect, (laughs) is that you had all of these police with nothing to do. Yep. And so it just became a town with a lot of police intervention. Yeah. And it was pretty normal for me growing up Mm -hmm. to be pulled over, I would say on average every four to six months for For your gang activities. (laughs) (laughs) I have had my car searched multiple times by police. Mm -hmm. I have had drug dogs called to search my car uh, over a busted taillight because because I was about to move to California and the cops saw all the shit in my car and he was like well what's going on with this and then he just told me like we're bringing the drug dogs michael is just trying to explain away all of his reefer yeah, yeah. his eyes are so bloodshot right now michael oh my god <laughs> i got pulled over on new year's eve once because this guy was tailgating me on an empty highway and i was freaking out because my mom had uh, like just drilled this into my brain like be careful driving on new year's everyone's drunk and driving on new year's my and mom I'm, did that too on the, oh dude this was like <laughs> super mom thing and I was driving on this big, lonely highway. No one else was there except this one car that was riding my fucking ass. Ugh. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is terrifying. I'm going to get drunk driver. Like, <laughs> like that's going to happen. And then the lights flashed on. And he searched my car, too, for no reason. I wasn't even drinking. My gosh. Uh, I, they did license checkpoints constantly every I have, weekend i still you run into license checks points in north carolina oh my god it's it is incessant i can't count the number I of times compl- that i've gone I through those i complained at license checkpoints to cops once or twice and they always are the huffiest little bitches oh yeah i mean i, I, I think it's, i am doing it i'm like handing my eyes i'm like dude is this necessary and they immediately get like oh, oh. Uh, Zach, oh, Zach, my, busy being a sovereign citizen, recording stars, YouTube videos. The stars, like Zach yelling, "Am I being detained?" Over and over. It's the again. closest I've ever well, been. Well, what they're accomplishing is they're getting to write lots of tickets right. for lapsed insurance or lapsed licenses or yeah. any of a thousand other things that they have no legal like recourse other than what has been defined recently to actually do and impair travel. Uh, 
And so they, they just get to make money. It's a moneymaker. And that's I why they did it constantly because they had to justify having all these fucking cops on the force for no reason. I knew, I knew one gang member <laughs> during my time in Wake Forest. Uh, he was a member of the Latin Kings. Okay. And was very much not of Latin descent. <laughs> Which, just shout outs Latin Kings. I appreciate your inclusivity. Their, their diversity initiative is aggressive. You have to admit that. <laughs> yeah. You have to admit uh, that. As far as I could tell, the extent of his gang activity consists of smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> that that appeared Good to be for him that it was essentially he did a it right yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh so we, we if have... that's the case then most of my dorms in college were in the latin oh, kings yeah. <laughs> uh, i have one i so i really didn't encounter the cops until i was a young adult in wake forest either yep in north carolina started at regular college i went to community college and was kind of driving back and forth and i my car was in the shop so yes. I borrowed a, a friend's car. This car needs to be described. Yeah, I was going to say, you have to share. This is a 1970s Pontiac. It was a bus. That thing was fucking massive. It was massive. And it had sh a shag carpet ceiling. Yes. And had been repainted on the outside multiple times. Also, and, oh, and the, the, the dash was zebra fur. Yeah, I think he just had stapled zebra like mm -hmm. print on his dashboard. It was awesome. Like, no, like <laughs> it was something. It had personality. It had something. <laughs> <laughs> so I listen. I want to say very sweet lending me your car. Oh, absolutely. So I am driving back home one day. I am eighteen, summer before college, just tooling along in this in this car. It is about a hundred fucking degrees in outside. this behemoth, which of course didn't have right. air conditioning. There's no, and I'm just sweating, and, and I'm a child still functionally, <laughs> and I'm just driving home still now. And it says, I have a quarter tank of gas. Mm -hmm. And so I'm driving, as one does. Sure. And then the car just fucking dies. <laughs> this car was sort of renowned for this. Uh, but we may not have been as aware of that at I, the time. I was unaware, and I'll just spoil this now. Uh, it ran, When it says a quarter tank, it means empty. That's incredible. Did not know this. So I'm just this, like, 18-year-old little babe in the woods. Uh -huh. And a statey trooper pulls up behind me. And just this, the biggest, fattest redneck. Normally, I'm not one to get to those kinds of like tropes, but he, he was, he was sweating chitlins. Like I swear <laughs> to fucking god. Big, problematic, problematic. He was the fattest white dude of all time. Damn, that is a hotly contested category. <laughs> and he gets out and asks me what's going on, and I'm like, uh, you know, I seem to have run out of gas. And, you know, I'm a ways away from any sort of, like, sure. thing. I'm trying to figure out what's so going the, on. Presumably. Seems like he's going to help me. That would be nice. So he decides, though, to ask me whose car this is. And I go, oh, it's my friend's. Turns out it was not registered to my buddy. It was registered to my buddy's mother, who had a different last name. Oh, wow. Now, I have done nothing wrong at this point. And at he asked to search the car. Ugh. And I'm like, dude, like, I just, my car's fucked up. Can you give me a hand? Yeah. No. He has to search what is the filthiest car that has <laughs> yeah, ever been. Yeah. Legendarily I hope he got hep C from something in there. And, and, and Lord willing, he did. One of the times my car got searched, it was immediately after a couple friends had pranked me. Mm -hmm. And their super dope prank that they were very <laughs> proud of was filling the bottom of my car with cat litter. 
Sure, that's pretty good. And I had gotten up to go to work the next day and was just like, I have no fucking time to deal with this. So I kind of <laughs> dug out enough space to use the gas pedals and just left the cat litter in my car. I definitely would have done that. And then... It's odor wicking. You have to, you know, exactly. come on. Well, that was his theory. He thought that maybe, I, I forget even why I'd been pulled over that time, but his theory was that because it was odor wicking, it was being used to pull out all the weed stank. They're, uh, they're not our sharpest uh, tools, <laughs> but they are the deadliest. Anyway, this, this cop decides to search the car and he finds, and this is true, a batarang. Oh, yes. My buddy had a friend who was into machining uh-huh. and had machined him a batarang, complete with an edge on both sides. Oh, so this was like an actual sharpened batarang. Right. Now, it's still functionally the not a weapon. Yeah, because what of, are you going to do with a fucking battery? the cop decided this was a weapon. Oh, my God. And he put me in cuffs. What? And put me in the back of his car while he called it in. So Are I mean, knives illegal now? What, is, what the fuck are you even talking I about? I don't entirely know... I think he may have counted it as like a certain blade length because it was just a unibody oh, piece of metal. Oh my god. But I'm 18 just You're out. 18 I haven't even gone to college in yet. In the back of a car. And I'm like crying. For running out of gas. Yeah, because of course like, you're I don't know what's happening. Yeah. I haven't done anything. <laughs> I just need to get some gas. I thought these were the good guys. I can't even remember why he ended up letting me go because it looked like for a bit he was going to take me in. This might have been, this is the part where my white privilege comes in. Yeah. Because then he just decides to uh, requisition the batarang. Oh, you fucking He takes bag. the batarang with him. And then just, by the way, drives off. I'm still stranded on the you side of the road. Gas. Don't have gas. Have to walk half a mile by. And by, at this point, I had no money. I had no money. I had less than yeah. $100 in my bank account. And I am buying a gas can and some gas. To, and then walking back down the road. Ends up being about a three-hour affair. Jesus. Yeah, after that, I kind of realized the cops were maybe not so fun. Yeah, well, and it like. And that is, by the way, the mildest thing. Of course, this is kiddie pool nonsense, but it is nonsense. Like, it is still a completely inappropriate use of the power. Like, having some fucking kid handcuffed in the back of your car. car, Who's already driving a $400 car without (laughs) gas? And zebra print. And then you handcuff him for a battery. Yeah, and then then you don't even help him get the gas. (laughs) Amazing. So that was our experience with police growing up. I I think it it taught us a little bit of something long before we came to our leftist politics and truly understood a little bit more about what police truly are and the instruments of power and capital that they protect. That's right. Uh, We just knew they sucked because they sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We knew they were bastards because of all the bastards. Yeah. Because of all the bastardry. Um, So why are we talking about cops today? Because I have some grievances to air about my childhood being pulled over. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and that's all this is going to be about. It's going to be about Zach and Michael dealing with the police. Oh, now, man. What's going on, Michael? Yeah, so there, there has been, I would say, I mean, it, it really has just been sort of an unending stream. Yeah. Uh, both for the last handful of years, but also for all of American slash human history right. of violence being acted, enacted by police. And uh, predominantly, though certainly not exclusively, against people of color. This has really come to the fourth of Ahmaud Arbery getting murdered. Yeah. 
Straight by a couple of people affiliated with law enforcement. Yeah, who spent their entire careers in law enforcement before you start trying to explain that this wasn't a police shooting. Yeah, and this happened in March, but has really sort of taken off uh, this month because of uh, the video getting released. It, well, it didn't get released. It got leaked. It, exactly. Get, excuse me. Getting leaked. Obvious fear coming yeah, out I mean, this, was, because there was, was there were no charges when the police had the video but when the video got leaked then there were charges oh absolutely and not only that like the arresting or the officers that arrived at the scene were ready to arrest these two and it got run up the line oh wow and they were told no don't do that the cops and then for wanted two months to do the right thing it's not even necessarily that they wanted to i'm not saying that but they they clearly knew enough to like yeah. run it up the line i'm not giving them a pass but i am saying that like at the earliest moment, they were mm -hmm. like, uh, this doesn't seem great. And then, nope, just nothing. They got two months more freedom. And it was only when it became a national news story that anything happened at all. Yeah, you know, this has just been, as I'm sure you know, if you listen to this podcast, a constant thing. You know, March 13th, a black woman in Kentucky named Breonna Taylor uh, was murdered in her own home when cops barged their way in looking for someone who wasn't there who was already in custody and started blindly firing and she was shot eight times jesus christ yeah already in custody and it was the wrong house and they just forced their way in and started shooting yeah and there's just been countless examples oh we yeah could get into them but we'll, we'll talk more about it but it, there has just been just innumerable examples of police violence especially against the black community and communities of color. Yeah, and so what we want to do today is talk a little bit about how cops are perceived, particularly by people of faith, mm -hmm. uh, and then talk a little bit about what cops pretend to be and what they really are, and maybe finish with a little bit about like what could or should cops be. We talked a little bit about our experiences with cops growing up, but like, what do Christians think of cops? Probably the right thing, historically. Always. This podcast, whole thesis is Christians get it right so much of the time. <laughs> So I was doing a little research on this mm -hmm. and I found some like pretty substantial uh, statistics that came from like one of the largest studies of this thing. Okay. And as it turns out, how Christians view police is much more firmly influenced by their own race than it is by their faith. Oh, good. It's not great. So for example, out of white evangelicals, 71% mm -hmm. said the police around the country are doing an excellent or good job of protecting people from crime. Ugh. Mainline Protestants, by the way, which usually do a little better yeah. in this. They're usually it's, way it's sort more of liberal. a vague distinction, but yeah. still only two percentage points less, 69%. Yeah. Nice. Uh, for, for white mainline Protestants. Fewer than half of black Protestants, 45%, right. did the had the same rating. That racial division grew. When Christians were asked to rate officers equal treatment of racial and ethnic groups, groups. white evangelicals, 68% said they were doing a good job. Wow. Black Protestants, 25%. One more thing. This division has been increasing in the handful of years since uh, Black Lives Matter has really come into the national forefront. What oh. we have seen is that the church is becoming more schismatic as it deals with racial issues. Wow. Uh which is a little bit heartbreaking as the, the, the violence that is being perpetrated against our brothers in Christ uh, and just in our nation, you would hope that as the crimes of these police officers, right. as, as murder after murder after murder is brought to the forefront, as, as people cry out in need of help uh, in protests, uh, you would hope that that would maybe prick the conscience of white evangelical Christianity. But it appears that the opposite is happening. Franklin Graham in 2015 had some shit to say 
about police violence oh, and good. shooting specifically. I'm, I'm sure this will be great. Listen up, blacks, whites, Latinos, and everybody else. Okay. Yeah. It's not great when you start any sentence with listen up. But listen up, blacks is maybe the worst follow-up. <laughs> what is there? Is there a, a worse noun to start with listen up than that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not going to read this whole thing because it's terrible. But most police shootings can be avoided. It comes down to respect for authority and obedience. Uh, I agree most police shootings can be avoided if cops would stop shooting people. That would, that would help. <laughs> that would help. Maybe we should take away their guns. Spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, yeah, and then he just goes on about how much you need to obey and you need to teach your children to obey and how uh, the Bible says to submit to leaders and those in authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. And I think this really gets to uh, something at the core of evangelical Christianity that we've talked about before, their relationship with authority. Mm -hmm. Like they just love authority. Oh, they love it so They much. love it. Um, they love it when it's Trump being all like, I don't wear a mask. And, and they, yeah. they fucking love this, like, well, you know, if you just, if you just, uh, you know, did everything right. Unless you tell them their TGI Fridays is closed. They freak <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck out. And, they, and then they're ready for the second revolution. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew that that would ultimately be how we activated the, the lumpen proletariat? <laughs> uh, yeah. Horrifying. Just... Horrifying. Paternalistic evil wrong yeah the idea... it's the same excuse that they use to say for slavery it's it's but but for cops it's yeah. the same it's the same nonsense if if you just pay, listen to all of these things but like your masters are supposed to look out for you of all stripes yes. what tell me the difference between a whip and a billy club it's the same picture <laughs> <laughs> christians not doing awesome yeah so have I... there been any other opinions from christians that might be worth discussing yeah so maybe my personal favorite because it's yeah, funny cool. Cop Church. What the fuck is Cop Church? That's awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry. Obviously, this is an anti-cop podcast, but Cop Church sounds cool. Cop Church sounds like a super dope procedural. Oh, like fuck. The, the like, chief is the pa head pastor. <laughs> cop Church, say your prayers. <laughs> cop Church, God's here for forgiveness. We're here for the rest. <laughs> uh, and this is an actual church that you can actually attend. Amazing. That is specifically designed around, the quote unquote, ministering to first responders, cops and cop, you know, lovers. Cop church. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Every it, time I say it, I get, I do get a little blast of it endorphins. Is, it's not It's cool. in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Of course it fucking gets in because Chattanooga. Because it would have to be. It would have to be. This was known. This was set into motion before the beginnings of cops. Love it. John Piper, hero of the pod, uh, the man who explained to us that why coronavirus is all our fault for looking at too much porn. Uh, <laughs> Accurate was, take. Was asked, should Christians be police officers? Okay. And he even started to quote the like, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Mm -hmm. But then he went off on this big rant. He's like, not only... Should Christians be police officers? We need more of them because you know what else God cares about? He's not just about mercy. He's about justice. Mm. And, and and cops are the hands of justice. You know, if, if a man is beating his wife, do you just let him do that? Or do you step in and beat him back? Like, and what Whoa. was amazing about his take <laughs> was I thought, of course, this guy's going to be like, yeah, fuck yeah, Christian cops. But I thought he was going to be like, cops serve their communities. Cops do a lot sure. more than violence. But his actual response was entirely focused on the violence that <laughs> police perpetrate against their communities and saying that was good. Like, cool. it was a really specific take 
based around violence, which was just shout out to John Piper for making it the worst of all possible things. Yeah. <laughs> so what we see is that white evangelical or mainline mm. Protestant culture is entirely blind to a reality that um, black people and black Christians very specifically see every day. Yeah, you know, I'm going to... You know, I call out my upbringing for a lot of bad things, but one thing my dad has always said that I think is so true, and you see it really here, is that the church is the most segregated place in American society. I mean, Martin Luther King said that. But. Yeah, but my <laughs> but your dad, my dad quoted my it. My dad continually quoted it. Hey, no, it, it is it is a huge problem, and that's what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. and that segregation has allowed uh, mm-hmm. a huge segment of our faith to just remain willfully or not ignorant of what policing really is and looks like for communities of color that's right there's something else though okay that does a little whitewashing shall we say (laughs) (laughs) of police actually though because we're going to be talking about cops in media right uh so now we're going to put on our 90s evangelical mother hats you ready for this (laughs) we're going to talk about how media representation has uh done great harm to our society so we're essentially arguing against violent video games like 90s evangelical mothers i was hesitant to even do this bit because i personally don't love media effects as a line of criticism or argumentation because there's really how do you fight against that like censorship nanny state nonsense yeah. like all of our video games can't have conflict like I I am hesitant to get into media as the issue. So I, I here's think... the thing: media isn't the issue, but we should acknowledge propaganda where it exists. Yeah, exactly. And there is maybe no single genre more popular in America than fucking cop I mean, shows. This is the thing that probably growing up I was most inundated with. There have been thousands of TV shows across multiple genres related to law enforcement, murder mysteries, true crimes. You know, you've got these sort of elevated crime genre on like HBO with true law Detective, and order documentary, reality TV with cops, procedurals. Like it's hard to find reliable percentages, but it's definitely in the four figures. In 2011, Variety had a, had an article titled, Will People Ever Tire of Cop Shows? Yeah, it's it's inescapable. And we're not saying that cop shows existing is the problem. The problem is that when you see show after show after yep. show, and they all have a perspective on policing that is, shall we say, maybe not totally accurate. No, there's a small detail here. There are multiple TV networks about crime and cop shows. <laughs> cop church. <laughs> I mean, honestly, but it's cop TV. And that there's a something called ID, investigation and discovery in 86 million households, 24 hours a day, true crime. My favorite, though, is Justice Network, which oh is God. almost like cop church. <laughs> and it's geared towards women. <laughs> like, it is geared towards women. And I grew up watching mysteries. Watch a ton. Oh, I, I, I about movies in my games. In my younger teenage years, I thought cops... The yep. original cop reality right. show was incredible entertainment. And I was just so fucking tickled to watch cops get on their inevitable foot chases and looking back on just how fucking horrifying. But the majority, for sure, of these shows, they're Homeric heroes out chasing, you know, solving mysteries, finding villains and antagonists. It's it's bad policing. It's just a genre of show. Bad cops, dirty cops. But it's, it's very minor and very few things like The Shield actually really commit to it. This is not just us ranting into the culture war. Like so there is... There's verifiable data. There was a report released earlier this year from a nonprofit and the, the report was titled Normalizing Injustice. The dangerous misrepresentations that define t- the television scripted crime genre. So, fun reading, let me tell you. 
<laughs> this report found that crime dramas often inaccurately depict crime victims, perpetrators, and law enforcement officials. Oh, good. So just everything. <laughs> just the entire process. Yeah. On TV, the victims are usually white adults. But according to the Bureau of Crime Statistics, children and teens of color are more likely to be victims of crime. From the police. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but very true. Like, it's, right. it's always a fucking white person that's... Yeah, it's like a 40-year-old, like stockbroker or one of the, the like one of those guys who like does design for a living and somehow makes 200 grand and a year further these shows depict back blacks as disproportionately represented more doing violent crimes than they do mm. and police officers of this is their word quote diverse backgrounds are more likely to be shown to bend the rules jesus and Viewers of this kind, heavy viewers of this kind of material tend to believe crime is higher than it is. Fascinating. So here's the kicker. Yeah. I think the real important part of this, why it's not just a media effects argument, yeah. which I am always dubious of. Researchers found that police, military, or FBI personnel were consulted on more than half of the shows they studied. Wow. Yep. And so essentially what you have is an entire genre about two sides, and they're talking to one. They're talking to the side of power, the side of capital. And you have upper middle class or above people propagating what they have to say. And it's just, I, 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 it's anecdotal, but it's also not just anecdotal. They've done these studies. And I could say from personal experience, I think it, it like really gets in your brain. Oh, yeah. No, my, my mother's law and order obsession taught me so <laughs> right. much about what the criminal justice system is. And then the first time that I had to go to court, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Where is the impassioned speech on the side of justice and truth? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> but, but like, really, though, like, yeah, I, I, I know it's like it's, e it's easy to have if you grew up as a media saturated kid. Just a default, like cops are good. Yeah. And, and just it, it is totalizing. There are so... Yeah many fucking cop shows and they all are getting it wrong and half of them as it turns out are using the police to right. figure out what they're gonna say which strikes me as very similar to the way that the military actively pays for movie production so that it can be presented positively like oh, there's yeah. a difference between saying like oh all these cop shows um are having some sort of mm -hmm. vague effect and just being like hey we're being propagandized that's just a reality that's just shit that happens and for a lot of middle to upper middle class mm -hmm. people this might be their only experience with law enforcement they're not they're not oh, the yeah. ones that are dealing with the consequences of this in communities yeah i mean i i think we know a lot of white boomers we're related to a number of them. God we know help a lot. us. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's why we started this podcast. <laughs> to rage. And I can't think of more than one or two tops who've dealt with police in the last 20 years. Oh, yeah. That uh, wasn't a speeding ticket. Uh, and, and we see that that like propaganda wing of all of this extends yeah. far beyond like media into mm -hmm. actual reality with something like Blue Lives Matter. Yeah. No, it's it's Blue Lives Matter has 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 there has been a, just the barest bit of backlash it's not even there amongst mainstream libs who still love cops there's just been the barest bit of backlash amongst like black lives matter and some leftist movements and blue lives matter has just like become this enormous ferocious thing and if, what i love about blue lives matter is you go to their wikipedia and the first sentence says that their blue lives matter is a group 
that advocates, quote, those who are prosecuted and convicted of killing law enforcement officers should be sentenced under hate crime statutes. Oh, Jesus That Christ. is their, like, number one with a bullet That's issue. what they care about. They are trying to turn cop into a racial identity. <laughs> I thought it was Irish, but I guess not. <laughs> I, so there has been evidence for the last 30, 40 years that violence against cops is decreasing. But in Louisiana, they managed to successfully actually pass these laws. Yeah, so in Lu Louisiana, it now actually is a hate crime to kill a it's police officer. It's a hate officer. crime to kill a police officer. Fuck you. <laughs> what it's been doing is codifying this reactionary thing that, like, demanding accountability is an attack. Yes. To, to, to try to bring to light these issues is making police officers' lives more dangerous. And their website and Twitter is just this, like, kind of nauseating stream of just news articles of cops being awesome stopping crimes and cops getting shot in the line of duty yeah that is just like that is like all of their twitter that's all that's all so, policing is according to blue lives matter i did the most mild amount of digging like how many law enforcement officers died in 2019 michael how many law enforcement officers died in 2019 from like someone shooting them in yeah, a felonious so way. There were 48 felonious deaths in America of law enforcement. <laughs> yeah, only... sounds like a real fucking problem. Yeah. Michael, I have a question. How many people do you think were shot to death by police in 2019? Yeah. There were 1,004. Oh, weird. <laughs> That's so weird. It's weird how those numbers are so different. Yeah, it's funny how one is up by a factor of 20 larger. So not only that, not only is it just not risky to not be a cop, Michael, where does it even rank amongst risky jobs? Police officers who have been arguing so deeply for why they need all of this military uh, stuff and who 92% of think that their jobs have gotten more dangerous in the last few years. Oh my gosh, that's uh, a wild statistic. As it turns out, they are not, in fact, the most dangerous job in America. There's okay. just a handful of stuff ahead of them. I'm sure they're close to the top, though. I'm going to list them. Okay, I'm excited. Most dangerous job in America, fishers. Whoa. Then loggers, aircraft pilots, miscellaneous extraction workers, iron and steel workers, roofers, garbage collectors, <laughs> farmers and ranchers, driver slash sales workers and truck drivers, oh my power line installers and repairers, miscellaneous agricultural workers, construction laborers, taxi drivers and chauffeurs, and then police officers. <laughs> you know what I love? I, I really think we got to do a uh, limo chauffeur drivers lives yeah, matter because it's fucking more relevant than the blue lives. It matters eyes. more. We need to militarize miscellaneous extraction workers. Okay, I've, I've been saying that for years <laughs> and nobody will get behind me on uh, this. By the way, in that list, it also lists their median salary. Uh -huh. Only one of them is over $100,000 and that's the aircraft pilots. Yeah, I can't believe fishermen have the most dangerous job in America. We don't see them bitching endlessly about how they're an identity and need a flag. But frankly, I would march for that. It's really disgusting. And and so it, it does two things, right? It creates a false premise right. of the danger of the job. And then it justifies an incredible amount of violence in response to a non-existent problem. Right. Police, uh, violent incidents against the police have been decreasing for three decades my gosh as has actual crime and before they start fucking taking credit for that that's not how this works <laughs> no um the last spike that we had was the beginning of the war on drugs that's right yeah we have all this propaganda now we arrive a little bit more at the reality 
we've seen that they're lying about the danger that they're under. And mm -hmm. now we have to acknowledge the reality, which is that they are one of the most dangerous institutions in America. America has been subjected to countless videos of absurd police shootings and mm -hmm. violence. Communities of color uh, deal with far more than just the murders perpetrated by police. Uh, the harassment, you look at something like stop and frisk, mm -hmm. uh, the massive percentage of uh, New York, uh, black men in New York that would be stopped. Like mm -hmm. cops exist as an arm of capital. Yeah. Uh, and they are an enforcement of existing power structures. They are absolutely uh, an agent of white supremacy in America. You know, and we're not the only ones saying this. <laughs> Believe it or not. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's hear from people with more to say about it for better reasons than us. After, in Fort Worth, Dallas area, there's been a handful of, of killings, unfortunately, of unarmed black, uh, black folks. And the black Christian community there in particular has stood up and talked about this. And, and you know, I, I think there's, they've said some powerful things in ways that I cannot. Okay. The Reverend Michael Bell of Greater St. Stephen said the Fort Worth police murdered this woman. They murdered this woman in her own house. And Af now, African-Americans, we have no recourse. If we call the police, they will come and kill us. And we know that. Jesus. The Reverend B.R. Daniels of Beth Eden Baptist said Fort Worth police and departments across the country need to get rid of a paramilitary mindset and be public servants of the city. Paramilitary mindset is absolutely right. So a couple years back, sort mm -hmm. of as Black Lives Matter was really coming to the forefront and uh, we were seeing protests in places like Ferguson, uh, I did something that I, I really have tried to avoid for most of my life, which okay. is actually watch some of the footage of these shootings. Uh, I've never been a person that can handle that mm -hmm. sort of real life violence very well. I remember very specifically being a kid or a te uh, early teen at a buddy's house uh -huh. in, a, in a den surrounded by deer heads. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, and he put on one of those faces of death videos. Uh, and I don't even remember exactly what the footage was. Yeah, I just yeah, remember yeah. both being really grossed out and also having to pretend to be into it because I was early yeah. high school, not a real person yet, just trying to be accepted by my See, peers. you know what you did wrong there? Rookie mistake, you have friends. Yeah. I didn't have friends, was never exposed to that <laughs> so stuff. So you never compromised your morality in that way. I'm proud of you, honestly. Uh, honestly, that's the key. Never I was have such friends. A, I was so sheltered. I was mostly very sheltered. I wish I had been sheltered from that. But sort of just in my desperation to understand a thing mm -hmm. that is both very simple and very complex. And he's right. said up front, what is the problem? Why does this keep happening? Well, fucking racism. Because we live... Right. We live. Uh, but I personally just had to try to figure out, like, how does this keep happening? Mm -hmm. Like, what are the specific mechanisms of escalation right. that, that lead to this? And, and I, I did come to some conclusions or at least see some things that I thought were consistent. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to be very open about the fact that this is a dude watching stuff through a computer screen and right. it might not be correct, but I saw over and over again three things. I saw I saw instances of in shootings where there was just uh, a sadism of control. Mm -hmm. Like... Uh, I saw instances of genuine just hatred, clearly racialized hatred, and I mm -hmm. saw instances of fear. So if you look at the shooting of like Daniel Shaver, mm -hmm. you know, he was in an Arizona hotel room playing with a BB gun and, uh, you know, they had him crawling down a hallway, yelling contradictory instructions at a clearly Ugh. distraught person. I mean, he never had a chance. And right. the guy that shot him had, you're fucked and get graved on his gun for Ugh. Christ's sakes. Like, found not guilty, by the way. Uh, but yeah, just this clear, definite, just desire to exert control and, mm -hmm. and being excited to punish with 
lethal violence yeah. if you didn't follow. You know, at one point he was being commanded to both keep his hands up and crawl forward at the same time. Uh, there are too many to count uh, when it comes to situations like like Eric Garner of just what is clearly a disregard for um, a black man pleading for his life mm-hmm. uh, that I think can only be yeah. described as just out and out racialized hatred. Like it was just so clearly like they're not treating him as human in that moment. Yeah, that's one. That is one of the few I've seen. Yeah, uh, and then something like uh, Stefan Clark, Philandro Castile, where in both cases I think what motivated those officers was less a personal hatred. And I don't know their hearts. Sure. But just from what we see. Yeah. But what was clear in both cases is these guys were fucking afraid. Mm -hmm. And they had been trained consistently, I think, uh, to treat people of color as dangerous Mm -hmm. and to be scared of them. Right. And to be clear, all of these things fall under the blanket of racism. This is all racist acts. It's racist to be scared of black people, as racist as it is to hate them. Uh, Yep. Like, it is absolutely unacceptable for a police officer who is trying to serve a community, quote unquote, to be afraid of that community and treat them as dangerous. Totally. Uh, But it was really interesting to watch how these guys have been trained to be hair trigger. And we see this, Mm -hmm. you know, there have been lots of studies covering the increasing militarization of police, but these guys are taught, like, your primary objective is to go home to your family. So you need to treat every moment as if it could turn deadly, despite, mm-hmm. as we've covered, that not being factually accurate. We're not saying that policing is not at times dangerous. Of course. But we are saying it's a lot less dangerous than it has been in the last 30 years. And it's a lot less dangerous than a lot of other fucking things people do. Uh, and it's absolutely unacceptable uh, that we have chosen this profession and given it such a carte blanche to enact violence on on all over the country and specifically communities of color. And it was just, it honestly made me feel really hopeless. Yeah. Uh, which is, and, and that's not where I'm ending this. No. But experiencing that was just like, oh man, there are so many factors that all reinforce the same thing. Like, you know, everything is overdetermined, but right. there's just so much effort and training and institutionalized mm-hmm. racism has gone into making many officers not just the out and out you know white supremacist ones uh capable and inclined towards this kind of lethal violence so to bring it home zach yeah i have a question for you okay we've talked about a lot of things some light some less so zachary are all cops bastards (laughs) you asked me this last night and i was upset (laughs) i ask you this every night because (laughs) (laughs) yeah instead of saying good night to each other we all we all are all cops bastards are all cops bastards and, and I was torn because on the one hand, the answer is clearly yes. But I have known, like all white people, a number of cops. You know, my high school best friend's a cop, you know, and, and he's, you know, was a decent guy. And I, <laughs> so I felt this like tension really yeah. genuinely of like, are all cops bastards? And I leaned towards a qualified yes, but I wasn't sure how to answer it. And then you told me what for. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that... I think where I came down on it is like, not all cops are assholes. I believe that there are well-intentioned people yeah. working as police. Mm-hmm. We have uh, so many of them. <laughs> yeah, there would have, have to be. Just statistically, there's got to be a handful. Uh, but all cops are trapped or choose to be trapped. You know, it's a choice to be a police officer. Sure. Uh, in a system that is so 
deeply and abidingly broken that I think sort of inherently all cops are in fact bastards right. because it, it's such a broken system. You can't do it right. There is you no know, way to be an ethical police you know, officer. The bastard system in the middle ages was about your parentage. You didn't have a choice to be a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. were born one. <laughs> it, and so in the end I, I come down to like, yeah, a cap because mm-hmm. you can't do it right. It's too broken. And right. there are people that will claim that like, you know, I've heard this occasionally from leftists uh, being like, Oh, we need to become police officers so we can reform police officers. But that's not how any of this works. Right. Um, statistically speaking, they will find a way to drag you down. Uh, and, and frankly, if you don't play by these rules, as we have seen in certain like cases in New York, if you are not willing to mm-hmm. stop and frisk and harass people and get your Comstat numbers up, like you will be punished. Yeah. Uh, and, and policing has just gone so far down the direction of being yeah. the hand of capital and the hand of the yep. powerful against the oppressed that I, I do not think there is a way to do it ethically. No, because, uh, because, uh, you know, we have kind of the flip view of right-leaning and, and libs on this is that they always say it's a few bad apples and we would say it's a, there's a few good apples maybe yeah but the truth is it's a systemic issue the barrel the barrel is bad yeah and it's poisoning all the apples like it, it's just it's impossible to do and i do want to specify too that like even that might assume too much good intention because one of those big studies that i looked at 92 percent of white officers said that america had done enough to create racial equality that's madness. And so, yeah, that's what we're talking about, right? right? Like, well, if the perspective you're coming from is that everyone is on equal footing. Right. Then you have already totally lost any credibility for being able to encounter a community of color in a fair, just, or rational way. Yeah. Because clearly you don't understand the situation that you're in. And at that point, when it's like 92 fucking percent, that is a willful ignorance Oof. to the conditions of our world. That, like that is, that is that is higher than white evangelicals liking Trump. That's not a belief. That's an ideology. If all cops are bastards because of the system that's been put in place. Yeah. How do we fix the system? We're socialists. We're all about fixing systems. Yeah. Uh, and I think occasionally on this podcast, we are a little too content sometimes just to shit on stuff. Without nope. talking I, about... I'm like, always right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just like we, we wanted to leave a few minutes at the end. Yeah. To say like, okay, well, like how do you make it better? Mm-hmm. And that is a big question for something as broken as policing. And like the truth is, how do you fix policing? Well, you'd have to fix the rest of society too. Like it, <laughs> right. You know, how do you fix capitalism, racism, yeah. inequality, guns on the street? <laughs> yeah. The, these issues are all intertwined and that needs of to be course. acknowledged. But... Rather than just being like abolish cops, which would not be the worst option. No, it, it's if an you option force of, me to choose between abolishing them and leaving them, I, I'm gonna choose abolish. I them. I lean towards it in the sense of like between those two options, but I don't. I, it's not also let's be leftists sometimes love a non realistic option, yeah, and yeah. I don't think it's a realistic option. I don't think it's a realistic option. I think it it is you know in whatever <laughs> crazy world that could ever happen, it would not be strategic because it would play directly into the hands of like oh well you. Socialists just want chaos. Also, um, if you just got rid of cops, also what would happen is rich people would have private security and the system would perpetuate itself again. It would be even... I mean, we're already seeing that. Of course we're already seeing that. But it would be even worse, I promise you. Yeah, again, you can't can't just get rid of cops because... that's just pulling out one terrible plank. We need to address the whole fucking house. Exactly. But... What are some meaningful reforms we can make now? And I, I'm going to go go ahead and say I did not come up with any of this myself uh, <laughs> because I am not that smart. But I have done some research on it, and, and I did find some things I thought would be potentially powerful. 
Uh, one suggestion that I saw in a couple socialist spaces was like, well, we need democratically elected control of police forces, not just for oversight committees, which is yeah. something you're starting to see mm-hmm. a little bit in some very specific places around totally. the country, which is like civilians getting to enact as oversight for when the cops fuck up. Right. But this is like, no, we need democratic control, not just of when our police fuck up, but of what policing looks like i love this one Um, so much like we already have it for the military like having in a technological society a highly trained group in violence is really dangerous without civilian control and it's it's really important you need the police chief to not be a police chief exactly we need and when i say like control not just police oversight but what policing looks like i'm talking about like a community being able to address its own needs That's using right. the police force correctly. And let me just say, democracy does not always work. We need to acknowledge <laughs> that like of course. that could go wrong sometimes. And it will, uh, like every uh, system. But like we're looking for improvement. If we took our police and started addressing things like wage theft. Yeah. And really took that seriously. Mm-hmm. Like no, if police worked for unions instead of busting them. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if we, if we had a community led policing of the community mm-hmm. um, and we're just going to have to accept because we're on a little bit of time crunch that our friendly neighborhood uh hawker of all things cold on hot days is here and and we love him yeah no he's uh, great it would be a great start demilitarization and dearming of police Thank we have you. seen we oh have seen we know this works and again this needs to be accompanied by a dearming of our populace yeah, to go no. along with it you you those two things go hand in hand but you've seen how effective it can be in britain it's incredibly effective lethal force from day-to-day cops it makes their lives better too not just the lives of the people that they are policing everyone's lives improve when they don't have to think every day am i gonna have to kill this guy to go home yeah and everyone's lives improve and also they still get to have lives yeah and by the way it's not like there's been a huge surge of crime in the fucking uk yeah uh i mean crimes against immigrants yes but but the point of the story is like yeah we can become a less violent population. Mm -hmm. And obviously these are still big intersectional issues, but at the very least as a baby step, getting rid of riot police that are almost always used against protesters Mm -hmm. that are advocating for, you know, things that are good. Like how many times have we seen Black Lives Matter activists being beaten by police? Oh, countless. And it's always in defense of like, I remember growing up and and riots would be discussed of in this horrible way. Like they were breaking windows. They were torching cars and thinking that was just the worst thing and it's like you know what they weren't doing they weren't hurting people mostly there's some exceptions to that but mostly they are damaging the arms of corporate fucking capital you asshole people that can pay for it people generally speaking generally speaking within fucking insurance policies you don't need cops to beat people or use lethal force to stop that well, yeah, it's just, it's sort of like we talked about last week. Like, who's the real violent ones? Like, right. These guys broke some windows. You're killing people. Who's right. the fucking villain here? This right. isn't complicated. Yeah, if the CVS gets a trash can I am so it, fucking fine. done with lecturing yeah. uh, communities that are crying out against violence against them on not not crying out properly. I mean, nobody will like, ever say it better than MLK. Riot's the language of the unheard. That's absolutely. fucking perfect. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, we should stop this podcast and just quote MLK <laughs> on every issue. Getting rid of riot, getting rid of secret police task force. Uh, the, the Kamala, about, getting rid of Kamala Harris's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <and> her, <laughs> um, yeah, her secret Masonic police force. Fucking wild. 
Not saying that this would solve these problems, because again, ultimately the problem with policing in America is that it is a broken, racist institution that exists to oppress its people. Are you talking about America or policing? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) But but it would be a start. Yes. Um, So, Christians, this is your fight. You are supposed to be on the side of the oppressed. That is our job. I like the last thing. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. You know, growing up in evangelical culture and just being white in general. There's definitely this like looking down on people who've been in prison. You know, I mean, it's it's systemic too. You know, if you have a felony charge, you you know, it's hard to get a job. You can't vote. Oh, blah, yeah. blah blah blah, all this stuff. But it was definitely like looked down upon in Christian culture, like being a criminal. Hey, you know what the fucking Bible is all about? Even in the New Testament, visiting people in jail, showing the dignity of people who are oppressed by the system. That you're on their side, not on the systems. And it would be good to remember that that the people in prison are not different or worse than you. One of the very powerful things, uh, concepts in our faith is that God loves us all equally. Yep. He is here for all of us. And we are called to love each other radically, restoratively, to love people back into relationship with each other, not fucking murder them and then lecture people on Facebook about how if they just obeyed more, the police would stop shooting them. Philandro Castile was fucking obeying. That's right. Like it didn't fucking save him. Obedience isn't the answer. Justice is. Yeah. And justice will never happen for uh, Ahmad. Yeah. Uh, and justice can't happen for for the dead, for Ahmad. There is no justice. Mm-hmm. Putting those men in prison, yep. the same prison system that condemns countless black men's lives to you know modern slavery. Mm-hmm. Like There is no justice until we change the systems and institutions that allow this to be continued. So that's the fight. Yep. We fight on behalf of those who will never receive justice so that hopefully, um, you know, the world can be made better. So with that, let's bring this episode home. Zach, do we have anything happy to talk about? It's okay if we don't. Some shit is just sad. Pray for Mitch McConnell. <laughs> I know I am. Oh, prayers and precatory prayers. Uh, <laughs> Take care of yourselves. Take care of the people around you. It's a hard time. It's hard in a time where like, it's hard in such an atomized time, but I I, I do think uh, it's good to use this time to engage with these issues because there will come a day when these doors are going to open back up and we're going to have some shit to do. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reaching out. Please keep reaching out. We're going to do another batch of emails and messages soon, but it's been wonderful to hear from you and interact with some of you on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, which normally is a hellscape, but all of you are delightful. <laughs> the only delightful part of Twitter. My name is Zachary Allard. You can find me at Zachary underscore Allard. My name is Michael Tabor. You can find me at Michael Tabor. And you can follow our podcast at shitty underscore pod. Or reach out to us at crappychristians at gmail.com or www.shittychristians.com. And remember, kids, if I could ask you to do two things, it's dismantle capitalism from the ground up and rate and review us on iTunes. This has been Shitty Christians. Seven in the morning, they kicking down my mama's door. Now tell me what is this motherfucking drama for? Can a nigga get rest at the rest without the stress? Then they put the Glock to my chest. Best think for a twitch or a pop. Off to the clink with this bitch ass cap. They got a nigga locked like the dread on my head jack. 
And if I try to fight back, well then I'm dead black I got the right to an attorney in the state salad They got the right to try to burn me if I play valid I know the game so I just roll with the procedure A legal search and seizure Something that they do when at they leisure Down at the station interrogation is taking place Overcrowded jails but for me to make a space Tell the devil to his face he can suck my dick It's the whole black race that they fucking with Come to find my crime was letting brothers know the time On the devil and stopping them from eating swine And plus my prior record sealed my fate One for all and in God we trust Got me sent up state But still I won't bite my tongue I just write tight shit to incite the young To fight the one who keeps them on the level that's minimal And that's the number one Some bad news on my one phone call the other day I love the kids and I teach them to love their father I'll get you some kicks and try to send some flicks But it's over, baby, yes, it's over Ain't much you can do when you're holding the phone A million inmates, but you're still alone You're not crying, but inside you're dying You might cry in the night when you're safe and out of sight Damn, I miss my peeps in the rides in the Jeep In my casual freedom, where's my crew when I need them? A visit ain't the same like being in the game But I'll take it, at least with that I'll make it The beast is a bitch and I see it I do the knowledge to him, so next time I can do him Yo ex, I got the lock in now, but write me real soon I know that you're a busy man, give me a minute You can never know the peanuts, you've been locked the fuck up in it 